Hi, everybody. This is Kara Fitzgerald at New Frontiers in Functional Medicine. I would not be here month in and month out for the past six years without the generous support of our sponsors. And I want to tell you about them and please check out their websites and check their products out. Biotics Research. For over 40 years, the foundation of biotics research has been innovation and quality. Their goals remain unchanged. Innovative ideas, carefully researched concepts, and product development with advanced analytical and manufacturing techniques. Biotics nutritional products are of superior quality and effectiveness and available exclusively to healthcare professionals. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com. Integrative Therapeutics. Integrative Therapeutics is focused on inspiring a better lifestyle through better health. By providing meticulously formulated nutritional supplements and valuable resources, Integrative Therapeutics promises to enrich your patients and embolden your practice. Welcome to your Integrative Therapeutics. Find them at integrativepro.com. And finally, I want to give a shout out to my friends over at Rupa Health. They make lab testing easy, fabulous, doable for both you, the clinician, and you, the person being prescribed the lab, the patient. Consider using Rupa as just a super, super, super smart solution to all your laboratory needs. Visit them at rupahealth.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, today is no exception. You can see who I'm with. She is really famous in our world. Let me give you her background, and then we're going to jump right in and talk about her newest book. Isabella Wentz is a PharmD, so Dr. Isabella Wentz, um, FASCP. She's an internationally acclaimed thyroid specialist and a licensed pharmacist who has dedicated her career to addressing root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed with Hashimoto's herself in 2009. She's author of three books on Hashimoto's, including Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology, and Hashimoto's Protocol, which became a number one New York Times bestseller. Congratulations on that. Dr. Wentz lives in Texas with her husband, Michael, and their son, Dimitri. Isabella, welcome, welcome, welcome to New Frontiers. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, likewise. I remember our paths crossed. You interviewed me for your summit like many moons ago, many, many moons ago. And it was really neat to discover the amazing work that you were doing in the world. And I've, you know, certainly been aware of, of it for, you know, since that time. And I appreciate you coming forward with shining the light on adrenal imbalances in your book, Adrenal Transformation Protocol. I want to first start with the why you're writing about, um, you know, the right adrenals, like why this book? So I've been talking about adrenals for the last decade, right? So this is a really important component of getting a person with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism into balance is addressing that HPA axis dysfunction piece of it. And for me, this is something that I've been aware of for the last decade and talking about it in all of my books. I personally have gone through my own healing journey with adrenal dysfunction three times exactly, right? My first time I utilized some of the protocols of pregnenolone and DHEA using glandulars, 
and just really looking at what my cortisol pattern looked like, um, where I would have, you know, try to lift up my cortisol in the morning, right. And try to lower it in the evening. Um, and those were the protocols that helped me get better and thrive. And I utilized them with my clients over the years. And of course, there were always clients that were like, well, I can't do DHEA because I overconverted to that one thing that makes me grow, you know, chest hair, chin hair and back knee or, you know, with with it overconverting to estrogen and someone leading to estrogen dominance. Um, I didn't. And so then I started going into the more of like the deep lifestyle route where I was saying, OK, you can't do hormones let's focus on giving up caffeine, really focusing on getting rid of as much stress in your life as we can. And can you sleep for 10 to 12 hours for the next 30 days? Can you commit to that? Um, I did this for myself personally, after releasing like a documentary series where I was just like overworked and I released a book at the same time and it worked really well for me. Right. So um, I was sharing these methods with some of the women and men in my community and within my own clients. And, you know, there's, there's always like, I'm sure you've seen this as a clinician, there's always people that do really well with your protocols. And then there are some people that do your protocols. And I had one woman in particular who was like, you know, I'm anxious. I can't sleep at night. I'm constantly waking up to go pee. I'm in a lot of pain. And, um, and I was looking at her history. I'm like, you drink six cups of coffee a day. Like, you know, I think you just need to quit the coffee and you'll feel better. And she was like, yeah, let me try that. And she actually quit the coffee. She was so incredible. And then she's like, you know what? I'm still tired. I still can't sleep at night. I'm peeing all night long. And now I've like lost my joy in life because I can't drink my coffee anymore. And I was, you know, I always keep these individuals on the back of my head. And I think about them in the evenings when I can't, if I can't sleep. Right. And I'm like, okay, is there another path? Um, I came across another path to healing you know, desperation always bleeds innovate, uh, breeds innovation. When I was a new mom, eight months postpartum, and I was like, you know, I read that children are supposed to sleep through the night at around three months of age. My son did not read that book. Yeah, he definitely no did not read that book. Um, I also had other sources of stress in my life. Um, you know, my husband started having some health challenges. My support system kind of fell apart, and I felt like. It was me like taking care of my son and trying to take care of my family. And I knew that my adrenals were flatlined. I got a Dutch test to confirm. And I was like, wow, like, I know why I'm exhausted all the time. And then I was like, but wait, what am I going to do? Like, I, I don't want to take DHEA. I was nursing. I'm like, I don't even know if pregnant alone, like, like, I'm just not comfortable with it. Like, what if my son grows like an extra, I don't know. I don't want my baby to have chest hair. Like, I just don't, I just don't know. Like, I don't want to, I don't sure. want to realize this. And then I'm like, well, I can't do that. And then I can't like do the lifestyle things. Like I am waking up every two to three hours to care for my son. Yep. So I can't sleep for 10 to 12 hours a night for 30 days. And I had right. just started drinking coffee, like for the first time really in my adult life regularly. And I was like, I'm drinking this because I need it. This did not cause my adrenal issues. Right. And so I knew I had to come up with a new plan because we all have, and we all have these people that are, you know, the nursing moms or the people with stress that they can't let go of the people that aren't able to sleep, the, the shift workers, right. People who can't tolerate hormones. And 
I was like, okay, we've got to find a new way. And, and so I did. And then I ended up sharing this with my online community. Um, I usually will do group programs for people where the first time I will launch a program, it'll be a small group where I'll have the program as the, as the main event. And then people can add on like a consultation with testing with me. Um, and then we kind of wean off of that and then offer it to um, more people. And now this program has reached 3,500 people and we've gotten such incredible results with it with 92% of people saying they have less brain fog in like three to four weeks. Um, you know, 80 to 90% of people having less fatigue, better sleep, a lot of these adrenal issues just kind of like getting better and people have more energy that I'm like, okay, it's time to write another book and I want to get this message out there. So for the people who can't do traditional adrenal protocols, or maybe just give them some additional tips and resources. So you could layer this into a traditional protocol with we, what we use, maybe, um, glandulars, hormones, as you outlined, adaptogens, um, you know, even some cortisol, some Cortef, but you could yeah. layer these in. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about what you figured out. Um, one doesn't need to do labs as you and I were talking about beforehand. One can actually diagnose this imbalance using, using your book. And so I want to walk us through what that is. And then I want to obviously hear about the intervention that these 3,500 people have responded to so well. <laughs> and and also too, I'm curious in the original cohort, in your original group of people where you were directly involved in their care and running some labs and sort of getting the background biochemistry, what kind of patterns emerged and then, you know, take us through how you evolved that into something that one could could do themselves, you know, just through some of the questionnaires you've developed. Sure. So in my experience with people with hypothyroidism, majority of them um, looking at their adrenal saliva tests, majority of them, like 62% um, will present with flatlined cortisol patterns, right? Um, something like about four, four and a half percent actually had high cortisol. And then the rest of them fall in that either cortisol roller coaster pattern or you know, the flipped cortisol curve that that's been my experience with it. And my kind of theory with it, why so many people have that low cortisol state is because when we have not enough thyroid hormone, when we're hypothyroid, that's going to impact our cortisol clearance. So it's going to be the metabolism of cortisol is going to change and slow down. And then, then these individuals, they get on thyroid hormones and they end up normalizing their cortisol clearance, which means increasing. Right. And a lot of times they would come and they would say, I felt better on thyroid meds. And then all of a sudden I crashed. I feel more tired. What's going on. I went back to my doctor and it was like, do I have, do I have like, you know, do I need more thyroid meds? And it's like, that's not usually the answer. And I know some of the old school thyroid advocates would say, okay, just you need to mega dose on your thyroid hormones. And I'm like, that is not safe, right? I'm a pharmacist that, that can cause heart issues, you know, so, so many health issues to, to be over-medicated on thyroid hormone. That's not the answer. And so, you know, what I found in my experience is over the last decade is if you have hypothyroidism, if you have Hashimoto's, there's going to be a really good chance that you have some degree of adrenal dysfunction and 
we really need to address that. And, and again, it's not always low cortisol, right? Um, sometimes it might be a flipped cortisol curve, or it might be that roller coaster, even high cortisol. And again, like I used to well, just- Well, what you and I were talking about earlier, like a cortisol, glucocorticoid receptor resistance. So normal cortisol, or maybe even high cortisol, but it's not able to exert any influence. There's a receptor resistance, like almost akin to, you know, insulin resistance. It's really interesting because kind of studying the the whole HPA axis over the years. And I know when the term adrenal fatigue was first coined by Dr. James Wilson, it's like 25 years ago already. Can you believe that? Um, his theory was that it was like a mild version of Addison's, right? Yeah. So he believed it was maybe like an early stage of Addison's. And I think that might be true for some people, right? But it turns out that's not the case for most people who are in this state. For a lot of them, in in my experience, um, I feel like the theory that kind of matches up best is that HPA axis dysfunction, that disconnect between our, you know, between our brain and our adrenal glands, where the the body is flooded with cortisol for so long that we start adapting to that. And then we try to prevent this huge cortisol release. So we pull back on that and then people will end up in, you know, in that cortisol roller coaster pattern. So this is really my theory that I've, I've seen out there that, that I feel matches best what's actually happening in these individuals. And then there's also the parts of, you know, that cortisol um, the receptors where they just become desensitized because you're pushing so much cortisol into them that there's, of course, we have protective feedback loops, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. You So earlier you said that you see um, hypothyroidism as a precursor to the HPA, the overall HPA axis dysfunction to the adrenal fatigue picture. You see hypothyroid. And so my question was, do you always see that? Um, you know, what percentage of the time are you seeing thyroid? So, you know, as a thyroid pharmacist, most of the people that come to me have thyroid issues, right? So that that's, that's usually, um, majority of the people that I've worked with. Um, I also have had people that have come to me that say, I have every thyroid symptom. Um, and I have, you know, I have the weight gain, I have fatigue, I have all these symptoms. I don't have a thyroid disorder, right? they will have a thyroid ultrasound and there's no evidence of Hashimoto's. They will have thi no thyroid antibodies They're, You know, their TSH might be like a two or three or something like that, but then they might have um, low T3 and high rever or, and or high reverse T3. Sure. And it's like, okay, now we know where this is coming from. And usually it's going to be because of their, um, you know, adrenal dysfunction, their HPA axis dysregulation. So I'll have some clients like that. And then I've had people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome that have come to me. And then, you know, just, you know, you have your specialty, but then you'll have random friends of friends and friends of clients that are like, you helped me so much. Can you help this person? And they have, you know, IBS or they have depression or they have this other condition. And, you know, my programs have started to get out into those, you know, other kinds of conditions. So I have worked with primary, I would say 90% of the people I've worked with have hypothyroidism, but there's also been people with other kinds of health conditions who I've done tests with and who I've um, supported on their healing journeys. 
as far as the statistics, you know, I have statistics for hypo people with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism that are symptomatic in what their adrenal patterns look like. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't have stats for, um, for, you know, other conditions. I, I try to get like at least a hundred tests within a specific panel to, to feel confident talking about it. So I do see a lot. I will say a lot of the chronic fatigue people and fibromyalgia, they do tend to have more of a low cortisol presentation. And in, in my experience, I think anybody, I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't, wouldn't intuitively, it make sense that anybody with any chronic condition, you know, really weighing on the body, eventually we would see some HPA dysfunction kick in. I mean, would you agree? The, yeah, I mean, their research has shown that, um, what degree of it, you know, that that's always a question where, um, it's, it's helpful to do testing and it's helpful to do a really good history of symptoms. Mm -hmm. but generally, I mean, from the research standpoint, this has been connected, the HPA axis dysfunction has been connected to depression, to heart yeah. disease, chronic pelvic pain, um, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoporosis, just, just a whole list of conditions. Some of them I've like never even heard of. And I'm like, wow, yeah. um, doing some of the research for, for my book to make it, um, approachable to a bigger audience than just my thyroid community. I've been, I've been so, um, I guess surprised, but also not surprised to learn about all these other conditions where HPA access may, pr may play a role. I want to say a couple of things, and then I want to ask you about the conventional community and how they're metabolizing this, this information, if there's consideration of, of this HPA dysfunction. Um, we were talking a little bit before about koala syndrome. I, I, I wrote about this some years ago. It just struck me as really is so fascinating. So koala bears have vestigial adrenal glands. They don't have adrenal glands. So if they get stressed out, they basically they, they can die. I mean, it's it, you know, I know, I know, little, I know. And so this was the people in ICU who've got, you know, modest hypoadrenalism or low cortisol, not Frank Addison's can die. This is a cause of increased morbidity and mortality. And it's been termed, you know, koala syndrome. Uh, so it's like, just to your point, I mean, I think it's everywhere. And I think the influence, the impact of imbalanced adrenal and HPA function just, I mean, it just can't be understated. So from that, oh, and then I want to say one other thing because it's interesting and I don't want to forget. In my research looking at biological age, glucocorticoid gene, they're called response elements. These, these sites on the epigenome that will influence different genes 25% in the clock that we use to measure biological age are glucocorticoid response elements, meaning glucocorticoids are influencing whether these genes are on or not in the aging process, is, which is extraordinary to me. Like the stress experience is such a major player in accelerated aging. So um, anyway, I don't, if you want to, if you, if you have any thoughts on that, speak. And then I want to ask you about the conventional community. <laughs> so I'll stop. Yeah. And I mean, absolutely. And, and you think about like, when you see a president going into office with a full head of, you know, dark hair, and then you see the effects of extreme stress, right on aging, and you see they come out of office um, with a complete gray head of hair. 
So it, it's very relevant, accelerated aging, um, altered immunity. People will have, people will be able to, people will catch illnesses more frequently if they are stressed out and depleted. And one of the, one of the things I came across recently was people who, um, suicide attempters versus yeah. people with suicidal ideation. If you're a suicide attempter, you tend to have lower um, cortisol secretion throughout your day. And this makes so much sense to me because these are the individuals that are just overwhelmed with day-to-day -day life that, you know, taking their own life seems, you know, seems like the answer. And, and you know, that's never the answer, right? So we want to make sure anybody that's struggling, that's like my, my big passion is to help people thrive and feel well and let them know that symptoms are temporary. Like we can absolutely get back to feeling like we're thriving and having good mood and not having pain in our bodies. And I, I'm just, um, yeah, it, yeah. The, the conventional medicine approach is just really frustrating to me because a lot of times people, um, you know, people will come across something online and they'll resonate with maybe like the adrenal fatigue, um, syndrome that's been described 25 plus years ago. And they'll yeah. go see their doctors and the doctors will say, well, this doesn't exist. Right. Or I'll say, this is something that even if it did exist, we couldn't do anything for you. Right. So we have, you know, Addison's disease, or we could have Cushing's disease. There's nothing else out there. And for me, that's just like, it's just super frustrating whenever I see people yes. told this, this is in their heads or it doesn't exist or yeah. everybody's tired. Nothing can be done for you. And I think that there's sufficient evidence to suggest that there is this in between well and as you were talking to me earlier that um you know most people who you identify hpa imbalance don't eventually become addison you know they right. don't develop a, a frank adrenal insufficiency so there's this there's this area there's this massive area imbalance that exists in so many different individuals in so many conditions and i and it's still just simply not recognized by the greater medical community. I think psychologists have started to recognize it. And there's a lot of research on ACEs. So adverse childhood events, such as uh, parental divorce or abuse that really can impact people's HPA axis. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really well established. And I, I'm kind of like, I always scratch my head because doctors will say like, adrenal fatigue doesn't exist, but you know, like, can you go on PubMed and look up HPA axis dysfunction? Because it is a thing, right? It's a, yeah. it's a real thing. Yeah. Or burnout, as you were talking about, I mean, all of those things, there's plenty of research looking at cortisol, salivary cortisol, and, you know, in the presence of different stressors. Yeah, it is. It's a real entity. So, yeah. I mean, you know, again, you're bringing it forward and I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's important for us to be able to acknowledge it and to keep knocking on the door and eventually the greater the greater medical community hopefully will open it. But in the meantime, we're here and you're here. Um, I want to know what this protocol is and how you're guiding people to figure it out. Um, so my theory was based in, and a lot of my work has been based in safety theory and focusing on how to get a person to feel they're safe. We know we have danger signals um, and, and our body is very tuned into the stressors, right? And so anytime we perceive stress, we're going to feel that in our brains. And that's going to send a signal to 
um, our adrenal glands to release cortisol and stress hormones. And so my approach was essentially what are people doing in their lives right now that is making their, that can make a body feel like they're in um, a famine, that they're in a war, that they're under threat. And I, I really try to focus in on that. And this is something that I, that I did for myself as a new mom. And obviously yeah. deprivation can be a big driver of HPA axis dysfunction. I think I, I read a study that talked about how, how sleep deprivation is, is one way like scientists induce um, HPA axis dysfunction in, you know, in rats and mice, right. To, to have experimental models of this. And so I was like, well, this isn't really getting better sleep. Isn't really available to me. So what are some other safety signals? What are some other ways that we can send, um, that safety into our bodies, right. And to kind of shift, tip the scale from we're in survival mode and this is what we're perceiving. So we're going to turn on our survival response where we're, um, asking the body to make more cortisol. Um, and perhaps that communication pathway gets broken down. How do we shift into more of a thriving state? And I really, um, some of the things are taken from the, the traditional functional medicine approach. So we look at adrenal adaptogens where no matter if you have cortisol, that's too high or that's too low, we're going to be utilizing them to help with, um, with balancing that stress response. Um, some of the ones that I use also have some side benefits for, um, mitochondrial support. So I love utilizing rhodiola. That's the other thing, you know, a lot of times in people with adrenal dysfunction, I think in the functional medicine world, there's always an argument about like, well, is it really adrenals or is it mitochondrial dysfunction? Is it adrenals or is it mold toxicity? Is it adrenals or is it childhood trauma? And I'm like, it could be all of it. it. Like one doesn't have to exclude the other. Like anything that overwhelms the stress response is going to get a person into that adrenal dysfunction state. And so many of the patterns that I've seen too, is people will have some degree of mitochondrial dysfunction. Hey there listeners. It's your host, Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. I have a question for you. How much time do you spend ordering functional lab tests for your patients? I bet it's a lot. Ordering from multiple lab companies for hundreds of patients can quickly turn into hours of admin time. But there's a new way to order lab tests I'm excited to share with you. Rupa Health is a tool that lets you order from over 30 specialty labs in a single portal. You can order all the tests you normally do from companies like Dutch, Vibrant, Genova, and Great Plains, and so many more. Imagine you're ordering a hormone panel for a patient that includes tests from three different labs. You have to log onto three different websites, place separate orders, come back weeks later to check on tracking numbers, download results, et cetera, et cetera. Rupa eliminates all of that by having all ordering, tracking results in a single place, and they also order, handle invoicing, uh, tracking shipments, automated follow-ups, personalized instructions for completing tests, and much more. The best part about Rupa is that it is free for you. Go to rupahealth.com, that's R-U-P-A health.com, and join a live demo or sign up to see how it works. Now let's get back to today's show. 
Here is big news. Great Plains Laboratory is now Mosaic Diagnostics. Mosaic Diagnostics is where functional medicine practitioners turn to reveal the complete picture of their patients' underlying illnesses through evidence-based diagnostic testing. Get to know Mosaic Diagnostics by visiting mosaicgiveaway.com. Licensed practitioners can enter to win Mosaic's Business Booster Giveaway. It's $875 worth of test discounts, supplements, free educational passes, and a one-hour massage for your self-care. Visit mosaicgiveaway.com for your chance to win. Do you or your patients want to harness the science-based benefits of fasting, but without having to avoid food altogether, and by using real food rather than powdered, processed meal replacements? I'm Dr. Susan Blum, longtime friend and colleague of Dr. Fitzgerald and co-founder of Organic Farmer. I've helped create a new therapeutic program called The Fast, a real food program that is 100% organic, plant-based, and free of gluten, dairy, soy, corn, and egg. Learn more at OrganicPharma.com. That's farmer with a P-H. Take 20% off with the discount code CARA. That's K-A-R-A. One of the reasons I think my programs work so well for the brain fog and fatigue individuals is because we focus on mitochondrial support. So we really focus on realigning with the circadian rhythm. So we're doing bright light exposure throughout the day. We're making sure you're not, you know, overexposing yourself to lights in the evenings. And then I also utilize, I love utilizing carnitine and D-ribose in addition to utilizing things like the B vitamins, vitamin C and magnesium, some, some of the nutrients that have multi-purpose effects on, you know, on our neurotransmitters, on our stress response, on our, uh, that support adrenal um, hormone production. They can also support healthy mitochondrial function. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Very, very holistic. What did, what worked for you and what did you do? I mean, honestly, I was that sleep deprived. I was, you know, I was, I actually, I had such a struggle with sleep. I, I had a, I, I used a, I leaned on a sleep nanny for a couple of nights a week early on because mm-hmm. I was just, I was going to lose my mind. In fact, I chuckled with a friend of mine about sleep deprivation research. They do it like they do it in men and they do it in the military, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm like, this doesn't hold a candle to what new parents go through with sleep deprivation and particularly moms, you know, it doesn't even hold a candle. You know, the sleep deprivation was so insane. So I think, thank God I was able to get a little bit of support then, but you weren't able to. And so you had to look elsewhere. And I'm just like, I mean, micro naps, I became a really expert napper. I'm actually not as good as I was, but I could get a lot of sleep in a, sh- a very concentrated chunk of sleep in a very short period of time when I was a, a new mom. But um, yeah, w- what worked for you? Um, that could work really, really well. Um, and I will just say that night nannies are like worth their weight in gold. <laughs> so absolutely, if you can get a night nanny, that that could be incredibly helpful. Grandparents worth their weight. Yes, that's right. Family. <laughs> nearby and all of these, you know, outsourcing things. So getting any help with meal prep, getting, um, you know, I did take some time off of working. I was like, okay, rain, you know, you're, you're going to need a little bit of extra. So if you can, you know, 
Everybody says sleep when the baby sleeps, right? If you can take a nap with your child, that can work really, really well. Um, not accessible to everybody, right? Not everybody has these amazing resources at hand. So um, some of the things you can do is you can use some of the adaptogens mm -hmm. that have, you know, maybe been studied as galacticogs. And of course, if you awesome. have an oversupply, maybe not the best idea, always check with like a lactation consult, but something like holy basil, you can drink that as Tulsi tea throughout the day. And that can help you get a little bit more of that good cortisol production throughout the day. Very gentle. Most mamas and babies can tolerate that just fine. Um, really replenishing those nutrients. So getting your vitamin C on board, B vitamins. You don't want to do P5P above 50 because that can be really suppressing your, um, that could suppress your prolactin levels, right? Um, if we go B6 above 50, we can't necessarily utilize, sometimes progesterone can help, but some women will say that can suppress their milk supply, right? Um, and then really looking at, um, you know, what are the, the nutrients that get depleted when we're sleep deprived? So this works for tired mommies, tired daddies, and night shift workers. And I'm talking about, um, you know, a lot of the mitochondrial support. So carnitine, um, benfotiamine, Choline, fish oil can be incredibly helpful. And then some of the mushrooms like reishi can be incredibly helpful for, for just really repairing your brain after, when you've been so sleep deprived. So if, you know, kind of when I got on that protocol, I remember going out with friends and they're like, oh, your baby must be sleeping better. I'm like, nope. And they're like, how do you look good? How are wow. you tired? Right. And it's a matter of doing those things and also just really being mindful of, of like what you put into your, your world. So for me, a lot of, um, a lot of it was fueled by fears and some of the new parenting anxiety. So just trying right. to cut some of that out, spending a lot of time in nature, that was really great for, for me and for my son. Mm -hmm. So being outside with him a little bit more was incredibly helpful and spe specifically first like going on stroller walks in the morning or, you know, for a while I was just sitting on my patio and drinking coffee while I was in a stroller. Like I could even do much more. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Really getting that light into my eyes was a really, really big game changer for my energy levels. Like just, I try to spend as much time in nature as I could. And that was so healing, so replenishing. And then a little thing that, um, that I utilize throughout the program is myo-inositol. And also some people can use d that, um, helped with my blood sugar issues. And, and that actually helped my son sleep a little bit better when that got into my breast milk. And if, I of course want to make sure everybody is like talking to lactation consultants and pediatricians and all of that before, you know, doing a lot of supplements and herbs, but, um, generally things like the, um, like, you know, generally some of the adaptogenic herbs, the more gentle ones, the, the reishi is going to be okay. Or the holy basil and a lot of the vitamins, you know, some of like the benfotiamine, choline, um, fish oils, carnitine, a lot of these can be very helpful for, um, for babies brain development as well. Um, something else that 
is a really big game changer. And I know Dr. Oscar Sellerock is a big advocate of this, is making sure that you don't have a depletion of ferritin after your you have the baby. So this is, this is, of course, this can be a really common sign of fatigue in people with, um, with, um, you know, postpartum moms. And then, and then, you know, being the thyroid pharmacist, you do want to make sure you keep your thyroid in balance. I, um, you know, typically we can have a flare up postpartum of Hashimoto's and we could have new onset Hashimoto's. So looking from a functional medicine perspective, you know, is Hashimoto's a part of what's going on with you? Do you have elevated thyroid antibodies? Um, if you do, what is the cause? Is how's your how are your thyroid numbers? Do you need more thyroid meds? Right. And part of that is making sure, you know, if if you do have elevated antibodies, looking at functional medicine testing, you know, like you're you you're not just tired because you're a new mom, like you can have other things going on in your body when you're in that depleted state. So um, definitely advocate for functional medicine work if if a woman is not doing well and, you know, do a GI map test if a woman has a new, um, has an exacerbation. So in, in my case, I had um, H. pylori four months postpartum oh, and that was something that causing my hair loss. And I got the H pylori under control and the hair loss and my Hashimoto's antibodies went into remission again. Awesome. God, that's so fascinating. You know, this would be an antidote, not that we were intending to be talking about the postpartum period, but I know that there's, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners who are interested in it and it's not a topic that I get to cover very often. So I, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's cool to do it. You know, we were talking earlier about HPA axis imbalance and, you know, depression and suicide and postpartum depression is massive, you know, and I, and I have to believe that it's informed by some of these imbalances that you're talking about. And then this is also the solution or at least yeah. a piece of the solution. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, postpartum thyroid toxicosis. I mean, there's a lot of research connecting that to, um, you know, the postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, um, things that people go through. And I just think, you know, it like my heart breaks. It's just devastating that some women have to suffer so much, right? Yeah. Without answers. Oh yeah. And it's, and then I'm going to, uh, we'll, we'll move past this, but especially because there's this new brain that kicks in when you're a new mom with where there's, you're just looking at the world through entirely different lenses. And that can come with a lot of, a loud voice saying, this is what I should be doing. There's a new phenomena of guilt that I hadn't experienced ever in my life until I became a mom. <laughs> like there's just this crazy brain that sort of happens simultaneously that, that could just really make taking, you could make good self-care hard, at least initially, you know, and then you kind of get your sea legs and, but yeah. By the time you have like six or seven kids, you're like, you've got this, right? it's, um, you know, part of the reason why I created this book is I, I realized this new approach for adrenal dysfunction and realized it's, it's hard. You are not able to, um, I don't know, like when you're a 20 year old influencer, you can like, you know, drink tequila every night and go out dancing and you can still be fit and have lots of energy 
And then there are certain points in our lifetime where we maybe don't have as much room and capability for self-care, getting good sleep, or um, some of the things just become unrealistic. We can't quit our jobs, right? Yes, that's a source of stress for us, but like we can't quit. We need to make a living. So, um, so my planet, my protocol is very comprehensive and it also talks a lot about personal transformation techniques because, you know, you can do all of the healthy eating, you can do all of these herbs and supplements and spend time in nature. But if you still have some of these danger signals that are coming from the way that your mind, that you're talking to yourself in your own head, then you're constantly be good going to be sending off stress signals in your body. So a a big part of the transformation is really working on some of these traumatic experiences that people have had and rewiring some of the patterns that maybe let them to get into that adrenal dysfunction. Yes. Incredible. Good. That's really good. I want to hear about the day in the life of someone on the protocol, like anybody we're moving, we're out of the postpartum period. So anyone, men, women, you know, young, older, what that looks like. But, and I also want to hear like some of your techniques for working with those danger signals. So definitely um, one of the things that I have found in individuals that have um, that are like in the depleted state, they might not be hungry in the morning and they will end up waking up in the middle of the night and feel hungry. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to shift their caloric intake through daytime. And so we'll be like, you're not hungry in the morning, but what, why don't you have this delicious orange creamsicle smoothie? And this is going to be orange juice with, um, you know, vitamin C. We're going to add a little bit of electrolytes for healthy blood pressure support. The orange juice is going to, of course, raise glucose levels, because if you have low cortisol in the morning, you probably have low blood pressure, low glucose, right? And then we're going to add some protein powder and coconut milk so that you don't have this huge blood sugar rise from the OJ and followed by a a crash where you need more cortisol to to try to save you. And that's going to be where we start off. Um, We will ideally have this smoothie outside so that we can get some sunshine into our eyes, ideally before 11 o'clock. If we live in a cold climate, then I'm utilizing like seasonal affective disorder lamps or um, bright light simulation lamps, daylight simulation lamps to help people really, you know, understand that their bodies understand that it's daytime, right? Um, The indoor lighting, of course, isn't, um, isn't, doesn't have enough of the right wavelengths to, to kind of help with that. And then as we go about our day, I have them utilize, you know, we talk about the ABCs of adrenal support. So adaptogens, B vitamins, vitamin C will utilize um, carnitine that can be incredibly helpful for energy production, brain function, mitochondrial support, um, as well as like the D ribose and other kind of mitochondrial supports throughout the morning. Um, as the day goes on, you know, we're focused on eating every few hours initially for individuals who are like on that blood sugar roller coaster. So I'm trying to rewire them to feel hungry throughout the day and not hungry at night. And we're doing that with protein, getting them more protein and more fat, generally less lower carb eating throughout the day. And then as the day goes on, we will end up, um, in the evening, I'll generally recommend like an Epsom salt bath, maybe a myo inositol supplement, um, 
magnesium supplement. If you don't do the Epsom salt bath and sarcomyces Boulardi, Boulardi helps with raising our secretory IgA levels. I've known from testing, like so many people have low secretory IgA when they're when they have low cortisol and when they're stressed out, right? And so this means that they're going to be more sensitive to the foods they're eating. This means they're not fighting off infections as well within their gut. And they're more susceptible to, you know, going for sushi and catching something than the person with them that has a healthy, um, healthy adrenal response. So we're utilizing that typically at bedtime so that people can sleep better. Initially, I might recommend something like a, like a gentle, maybe chamomile tea, to help people sleep a little bit better, but a lot of it is focused on the lifestyle component of, you know, it's dark after dark. We're putting out stickers on our blue lights in our bedrooms. We can use blue blocker glasses and it's just a solid kind of lifestyle realignment with the circadian rhythm throughout the day. And then, you know, this is kind of the foundation. And as we build on that, I work on how do you, how do you get gratitude into your life? How do you, how do you shift your mindset? So you're focusing on doing pleasurable activities throughout the day, rather than being on, you know, kind of a rat self-induced rat wheel where you have so many things to do. So, um, one of the things I've noticed in my work with clients, sometimes they're tired because they're doing too many things. Sometimes they're tired because they're not doing enough of the right things. Right. And so they're not filling out their own cups whether that's making art or spending time with, with animals, spending time in nature, a lot of these things can really help fuel people and give them something to look forward to. And I know um, some of it is borrowed from psychologists of, of utilizing pleasurable activities to help with overcoming depression and mood issues, but it, it really does work pretty well. Yeah, it really does. I love it. I really, I love it. Um, time to benefit like if somebody really gives themselves to this protocol when when should they begin to be able to identify that it's that it's working i mean with the if you've been eating like a a lot of kind of like high carb eating and a lot of sugar you're going to notice the benefits of the blood sugar balancing diet in like three to five days when I know a lot of people are like, I thought I had anxiety. It turns out I, I just had blood sugar swings. So that can take effect pretty quickly. The, um, you know, the way that I've done it in the program, I'll have them start the diet one week, the next week I'll have them start the supplements. And so these things kind of build on one another. So the second week I'll have them starting supplements. Again, these take three to five days to work the carnitine and the adaptogens, I mean, these can kick in quite quickly for a lot of people. The Epsom salt baths, I mean, sometimes you just need one and you can feel the difference of like, yeah, pain is gone. I feel so much calm. I'm sleeping better. I get refreshed sleep in the morning. Um, I feel refreshed in the morning. And then, you know, this kind of builds upon it. And then we have some of the more deeper work So overcoming traumas and working on setting boundaries and some of that deep transformational work. And, you know, sometimes like, I feel like you need a really solid foundation of the lifestyle and supporting yourself nutritionally before you can kind of get there. And, you know, that, that can be a lifelong journey, but generally people within the program, they'll say within three to four weeks, they, they feel like their life has transformed. And having that community that you've developed, I would imagine that that's huge for the the mutual support. 
It's, it's incredible. Um, I usually will do a Facebook group so people can each other and talk to one another and it can be incredibly helpful to yeah. actually a very positive community. So we've had to, we've had to actually work on that because some people would post pictures of like, I ate a whole cake today and you know, it, it you know, and, and that would trigger others who were trying to follow the plan and follow the program. So we we've curated a very, um, I guess, supportive experience for people where um, we encourage them to to share their success stories. You know, if you started off with 20 symptoms and you maybe only have 19, please tell us about it. Please share what you did and that will help encourage others, right? And like, I know sometimes people will have, I'm sure you've worked with people like this. They'll have 25 symptoms and you get rid of 24 of them while working together. And they, they're like, they don't take that time to celebrate. And they don't take that sure. time to congratulate themselves for all their hard work. So we're, it's a very, you know, the environment we create is very positive and uplifting to help people help themselves and, and feel good in the process and believe in themselves. And community, you know, just again, going back to like some of my, my research and, you know, thinking about epigenetics these days, like, and longevity, I mean, community is, is essential. Like the data is just so strong. And so that community interconnection for, you know, supporting and overcoming trauma, like not feeling alone as you're working on your trauma, all of it's just, it's massive. It is so beautiful when, um, when people support one another and it, it's hard because we're, we're all kind of in the pandemic. I feel like a lot of us have been in our own little bubbles and maybe you know, not reaching out to as many people and the program came out like in March of 2020, it was like the pilot program. And I was like, oh man, this is like the worst timing because everybody's anxious and everybody, you know, everybody's struggling right now, but it actually even worked during like the peak of the pandemic. And it's been working the last few years that we've been releasing with people feeling better through it all. And I mean, I think a big piece of that is community and hearing that you're not crazy, right? And hearing yeah. that, like being validated, I think yeah. so many people go through life with these symptoms and they're just brushed off and they're told, you know, to suck it up or this is just normal that, you know, you are just this anxious person. Like this, you're high strung. This is your personality. Not like it doesn't have to be. Yeah. 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 Um, what about, and then we're just, we're wrapping up here, but I know that people are going to be wondering about intermittent fasting and exercise. And I, it seems, you know, it just seems that that's not, that's not going to be out the gate in this program, you know, anything to, <laughs> anything to, anything to kind of extreme, but I just, I want to hear your thoughts on those. So we're not quitting caffeine. We're not doing cold plunges. We're not doing cryotherapy. Um, and we're, you know, like it's just thing, things that I can do because I'm healed that I couldn't do when I was a sleep deprived new mom. Right. So it, it's a balance, right? So if you have somebody that's got really depleted cortisol, everything feels overwhelming to them. Like cleaning the house feels like a marathon, right. Or like walking around the block to get the mail feels like a marathon to you. So yeah, you're not, that's right. and you know, a big part of that is that mitochondrial dysfunction that prevents us from being able to tolerate exercise, from being able to tolerate fasting, right? So um, a lot of the women that I start working with, they'll say like, I'm trying to do fasting, but I feel worse. Or like, 
I'm trying to spend time with loved ones because community is supposed to feel so healing, but like I have to take three days off to like recover or, you know, aerobic exercise. So we're shifting out of these, um, you know, some of the even positive stressors we're allowing you just to feel a lot of joy. And this is why I was like, I'm not going to have them quit caffeine because they'll be miserable. So we're focusing on like pleasure, replenishing, you know, building oxytocin, helping you receive and, you know, just feel super nourished and super loved on by yourself. Kind of, you know, probably my, my mommy days is like my (laughs) maternal instincts. It's like being, you know, just, just really embracing yourself and having that healing time for yourself. And this can work so well in just a few weeks. And then people, you know, can tolerate more of the, of the positive stressors. Right. So they can actually tolerate like initially I'm like, keep a banana by your bed. So when you wake up at 3 PM, you can snack on that banana. That'll help you go back to sleep. If you need a snack at 9 PM, do it. If you need a snack at 3 PM, do it. Like this is my initial plan. As we go on, you can actually, you know, shrink your eating window. My goal is for you not to be hungry at 3 a.m. And like, I'm not going to, you know, a lot of the women, if they skip breakfast, if they don't get enough protein throughout the day, if they try fasting, they're like, uh, I can't sleep at night. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. My, I gain weight and my hormones are just, you know, falling apart. And so, yeah, it it's people are like, are you against it? And I'm like, well, I'm not against it. I'm just yeah. like, I think to each his own, you've got to find your medicine and your dose for you at the right time. Right. And so, yeah, marathon training, if you have flatlined adrenals, <laughs> a good time, right. Yeah. If you are somebody that is, you know, has a high cortisol doing more aerobic exercise is going to help you to kind of help to clear that out. Right. So it is, um, most of the strategies are really tailored to that stress response and our adaptogenic in nature. And then I have a section on building resilience that talks about what you can do, you know, like as far as, you know, weightlifting, if you can tolerate that and yoga and more of the anabolic exercises to kind of shift out of that catabolic um, adrenal dysfunction state that can be incredibly helpful for people. And then I talk about like, if you have these kind of symptoms, you know, let's say if you have if you have high blood pressure, that's a sign of high cortisol. You don't want more licorice, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's going to prolong your, um, that can increase your blood pressure and that's going to prolong your, um, cortisol in the body. And same with the types of exercise. If you are doing aerobic exercise and you feel exhausted after the exercise, probably not your right medicine, not in the right dose for you at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Isabella, this has been fabulous. I love it. I love what you're doing. I love your community. We're going to link to it in the show notes, but any final words that you want to share and maybe just give, let folks know where they can, they can find you. Oh, absolutely. Just wanted to thank everybody for dialing in and, you know, thank you for having me and for everybody that is passionate about helping their patients feel better I'm so appreciate your work in the world. And I love that you're learning about new protocols. Hopefully I could be a part of that journey. Um, My website is thyroidpharmacist.com and my books can be found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, wherever fine books are sold. Oh, congratulations on your newest book. And I just hold you all the best success for this and, you know, just to continue to take your, your good work into the world. Thanks for joining me. As always, 
thank you for listening to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where because of my sponsors, I am able to bring you the best minds in functional medicine. And of course, today is no exception. Not everybody can be a sponsor on my platform, so I appreciate the good work, the relentless research, and the generous support from my friends at Rupa Health, Biotics Research, and Integrative Therapeutics. These are brands I know and trust in my own clinic, and I can confidently recommend them to you. Visit them at rupahealth.com, bioticsresearch.com, and integrativepro.com. And please let them know that you learned about them on New Frontiers. And if it's not too much to ask, I would really appreciate a thumbs up or a kind review wherever you're listening to New Frontiers. Thanks.